We're just doing the uh, we're just doing the pre-show. Meeting is now streaming. Everyone uh, is in the right spot here. Let me just do a quick uh, look around. Preferences or audio is where it's supposed to be. Video is too. Mm-hmm. Dan Duran, Fred, are you there? Are you all right? You're gonna right on, man. Can right on. Yeah. Are you gonna right on? I'm gonna check in. Well, right on. This is right the meeting on. about the meeting. No. All right, we got quite a show for everyone today. I think it's going to be cool. The guy that used to work with us. A long time, actually. Way back to Calgary. Dan and I met this guy and then started doing some stuff on the Humble and Fred show in the 90s in uh, yeah. Toronto. Fred was asking me, Dan, I, I don't know the timeline, because there was a producer at the Edge or CFMY for a long time, a guy named Bob Lehman. So where would Amin, when did Amin come in and uh, take over doing commercials and such? Uh, that's a good question. I can't remember. Well, I guess, well, you know, we can ask him. Yeah, yeah yes. ask him, yeah. I mean, it was, it was uh, Stu Myers brought him in, I think. Yeah. So it was after okay. Stu got there. Because there was Bob and there was John Massacar and uh, Yeah, we had quite a staff uh, at that end of the building for some time, eh, Freddie? Yeah, Stu came... Uh, yes, uh, the Stu uh, era st- began in 92, right? Yeah. I yeah. came back in the summer of 92. So we're talking 30 years ago. Wow. But it, wow. I, and so neither of us, none of us can really remember yeah. when this guy, but he, what, when, you, when, when we start playing some stuff, you will all remember the production that this character, this character, this man, Amin Batia, was responsible and, and I was just going over with Fred before the show Dan a bunch of the clips and a bunch of the ID and the imaging on our show and so much of it came from him not the least of which was a phenomenon I can't remember exactly when we did these but it took over the show for a couple of years this morning more fine things on the humble and Fred show Hakeem this is I'm on the radio yes this is good yes it is <laughs> this, this is humble or Fred it's the both of us, Humble and Fred. Yeah. Together. But oh, this, this is exciting. This yeah. is wonderful. I must tell you, the whole family, we are singing your song. What, our, our big hit single? That song, it is, the, it is like Bangra to us. It is beautiful music. <laughs> you, like, mean, you, you mean Hey Mon Hey. That, that is the song. I, I have this question. I, I'm wondering if, if you could help. I, I would like very much to sing the, the thing. With you you want to oh, sing it with us? It, yeah, maybe sometime if it would be possible well, in the future. I could, it, you it's, know. It's, it's possible right now. What an honor. We, 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 right now? Yes! He's going to put it on right now! Okay! Okay! <laughs> Here we go! Right. Just wait for us to start! Hey, man, hey! 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 Very nice! Humble and Fred! The Humble and Fred Show. Yeah, we know. Weekday mornings on CFNY 102.1. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Brampton, Toronto, and the western shores of Shimong Lake. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. And now, here are two men, disappointed by spring weather, are really looking forward to summer, at which time they'll spend the entire summer whining about fall. Summer's too short. Last year it wasn't like...
like this. I have to pee. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, well, that's true. Oh, it's funny. No, if he forgot the part that we'll complain about the humidity. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. we complain about how hot it is. Why does that, no, I, I think our summertime rant is, why does it have to be so hot? Why is it windy? The wind can ruin a great day. Uh, isn't it interesting hearing Dan's voice on our show 30-some-odd years ago and then... Look at the three of us. That was a big before and after right there. Well, no, but it's in, it, it, it is interesting that... You know, your voice sounds exactly the same. I sound about, I don't know, I sound much younger, I think. No, they all sound youthful. Yeah. Isn't that something? That Haymon Hay thing lasted a long time. I was just sitting here thinking about that. You know, I mean, uh, there was so much in that. Like, I don't know where to begin. Like... You know, we often said uh, the audience doesn't demand much, and something so simple as saying "Him on hey" on our show t- <laughs> no, no, really no. turned into a bit. I mean, how often yeah. you sit there and you try to come up with something profound and deep, and it you know it doesn't land very well or whatever, something yeah. like that. Yeah, you make an alopecia joke, and <laughs> yeah. God, God, God. Yeah. But if Chris Rock had been singing "Him on hey." Yeah. No one gets offended. So, and the fact that that was not a South Asian gentleman, that was a white guy uh, pretending he was a South Asian, which you can't really do nowadays, but you wouldn't think twice about that back then. Uh, yeah. The times they have a changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we could have played you a clip of a character, a friend of mine, still friends with him. Right. He's a guy named Stephen Ferrillio, and Stephen's been my friend. His uh, nickname in our family is Stinky, and Stinky's uh-huh. actually uh, just coming back from Hawaii today. But 30 years ago when I met him, he, what he used to do is call us pretending he was an Asian guy, not a South Asian guy. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, um, mm-hmm. Well, Howard Chan. Howard Chan that, was his That name. type of Asian guy. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, I could play a clip of him because it made us laugh. You want to play a clip of him singing "Hey Mon Hey" with us? Sure. Mm. <laughs> okay. Hey Mon, hey, how did Hey Mon Hey get going? That's I don't know. Neither of us could remember. Lost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so here's uh, this character. You'll hear this guy, and, I, and to Fred's point, the different times. And not that we did a lot, you know, we just didn't think it was a big deal to have somebody do another person's accent, even if that person wasn't of that ethnic origin. Well, it was sort of the foundation of Mr. Gouhead. I I admit it. Like when I'd phone a place and the guy had like, and that wasn't people putting it on. It was almost me making fun of them on some level, to be honest. And if I'd phone and it was somebody with an ethnic voice, I used to get this excitement, excited feeling like, hey, this is going to turn out well. Because <laughs> part of the, the goo-head charm was, not to deconstruct the joke, but the joke is on Mr. Goo-head. Right. Oh, we have this. You know, this is great. I hadn't started. Re- so we, all of that is on our Facebook feed, and now I start recording. Good. That last 10 minutes was just on, didn't get recorded. Do you want to oh. start it over again? <laughs> Um, no, you can take it off Facebook, can you? I don't know. Can I, Dan? <clears throat> I've never done it, but yeah, you can. Well, you need, I don't know. I don't know. What I don't know is that if you can just, uh, if you have to. Well, it's a good thing I caught it now because I looked. Oh, yeah. I'm like, uh, 
Yeah, for you people who just missed the first ten minutes of the show, it was quite good. Uh, we were talking. <laughs> we're we're talking about this guy that's been on our show. His name is Amin Batia. Um, well, we'll pull it off Facebook. We'll figure it out. Do you want me to pull it off Facebook? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, maybe, maybe Mr. Boone can. You know, he does everything quickly. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, anyway, so where we're, where we are is we're talking about our show yeah. back in the 90s. There's a guy that's coming up on today's show. Uh, we played a thing. We're going to try and fix it for you. But we're talking about the fact that we, we used to have people on our show putting on ethnic accents. Goohead, what I was going to say about Goohead is that the joke was on Goohead, but why calling somebody with an accent made it better is because that person you called didn't understand a lot of what Goohead was saying. The, right. the language was a bit of a barrier, and so that, that made it mm-hmm. funnier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the way it came down. Did you ever call... And maybe I know the answer, but you tell me. Did you call like the southern states as well a lot? And now I start recording. That last 10 minutes was just on, didn't get recorded. Do you want to start it over again? Um, No, you can take it off Facebook, can you? I don't know. Can I, Dan? (laughs) I've never done it, but yeah, you can. Well, you need. I don't know. I don't know. What I don't know is that if you can just, uh, if you. Well, it's a good thing I caught it now because I looked over and I'm like, uh, yeah, for you people who just missed the first 10 minutes of the show, it was quite good. Uh, We were talking, (laughs) we're we're talking about this guy that's been on our show. His name is Amin Batia. Um, Well, we'll pull it off Facebook. We'll figure it out. Do you want me to pull it off Facebook? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Maybe, maybe Mr. Boone can. You know, he does everything quickly. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, and anyway, so where we're, where we are is we're talking about our show back yeah. in the 90s. There's a guy that's coming up on today's show. Uh, we played a thing. We're going to try and fix it for you. But we're talking about the fact that we, we used to have people on our show putting on ethnic accents. Goohead, what I was going to say about Goohead is that the joke was on Goohead, but why calling somebody with an accent made it better is because that person you called didn't understand... A lot of what Goohead was saying, the, the right. language was a bit of a barrier, and so that, that made it funnier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the way it came down. Did you ever call, and maybe I know the answer, but you tell me, did you call like the southern states as well a lot? Well, yeah, because, well, uh, towards the end of Goohead, new uh, CRTC laws came in, or legal laws came in, saying you couldn't put anyone on the air without their permission. So if I phoned locally and did a bit, sometimes I phoned locally and the bits were really good, and then I'd say, can I play this on the air? And they'd say, absolutely not. I look Mm -hmm. like an idiot. I'd say, no, you don't. It's, you know, but most people would say no. So what I started doing was uh, phoning deep into the States knowing that those people would never ever hear the bit right. hopefully yeah. <laughs> and that's the way i got around it but anyway um, uh, th- th- that was a whole different thing what we're talking about here is people putting on the accents and how that attitude has changed over the years so picking up where i hopefully we'll be able to edit the first eight minutes because it was cool but if not just picking up on uh, this is a guy that he's a friend of mine he is not asian but at the time he called us and and whenever he called he was a character named howard chan and what we were talking about is this song we did called Hey Mon Hey, and here's Howard Chan. Howard Chan's with us. Howard. Oh, yeah, humble friend. Howard Chan. <laughs> I know uh, 
you guys don't really take requests, but you know, I have one. I want to hear the Hey on Hey. Hey on Hey. Oh, yeah. Hey on Hey. And, and I want to sing with you. You'd like to oh, sing with us. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, you just wait one. Follow our lead here, okay? Okay. Fred starts to lose it here. Fred has to leave now. <laughs> oh, he's getting warmed up now. <laughs> right. Come on, Freddie. Here we go. Hey, Mo, hey. Hey, Mo, hey. Hey, Mo, hey. Hey, Mo, hey. Yeah, that's, your version will be hey, Mo, hey. <laughs> so there you go. That was a... We, at, 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 we, for the, the running gag, I guess, for a while was that everyone would call and want to sing along with this bit we did. Including Adrian Clarkson. Right. I was going to say, it's funny. I don't know. Again, I'm not sure if this got recorded, but you made a point about, isn't it interesting? The simplest things. Yeah. The simplest things we ever did. Hey, Mon, hey. Um, number one in 97, which was an offhanded comment. Like, it was just a bit. And then it became this running gag for five years. <sighs> You know, Howard, a great example over the past week was us going out to dinner. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, that type of thing. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Uh, I mean, you'll, you, you, you learn that over the years. And again, sometimes that's the pushback between announcers and programmers and stuff that, you know, there was a whole era of radio. Oh, you don't talk about yourself. People don't care that you went out for dinner because they didn't all that bullshit. You know, and we, we used to say wrong, you know. You can talk about yourself. You can talk about those life things because people relate to it. And the dinner thing from last week was probably the biggest reaction we got to anything, right? Yeah, and the thing people used to tell us was, or programmers would say, you know, you know, don't don't talk about yourself. Don't get personal uh, mm-hmm. because you never know if uh, somebody listening can relate to it. And then we we found out early on you talking about Melanie. You know, me. T- I remember me talking about the the dog I had, the big dog Loman. I used to get yeah. people talking to me about it, etc. Anyway, here's uh, before we lose track, and we'll finish this up by uh, this. This is really low on Dan. I didn't get a chance to boost it. I know you're going to be like, why don't you just boost it? So, ever I tell you what, in the in the end, when I do the show, it'll boost up enough for people to hear it. But here's Adrian Clarkson at the time was the Governor General of Canada, <laughs> and. I don't know how we convinced her to do this. You're the first Order of Canada person to do this with us. To do the hey, mon, hey. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and, and thank you again. Would you, would you mind doing that? Not at all. Okay. By the way, Dan, let's have a, this has been This is very special. Unbelievable. Okay. Adrian, are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Now, don't go away. Humble and Fred singing with Adrian Clarkson. Here we go. Hey Mon Hey, 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 Hey 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 Adrian, thank Oh, thank you very very much. Is that all? That's all there is. God, I stayed up all night worrying about this. Do you hear how? Like I can hear it in my voice how genuinely sort of nervous I am a little bit. Like like is this okay or Jesus? At the beginning of that. Was that you or me saying you're the first order of Canada? That was you here. That's you. It's almost scary how much we sound like. (laughs) You know, it's funny. People, I never heard it, but people have said that. Yeah. You're the first order of Canada person to do this with us. To do the hey, Mom. How young you sound. 
And then you start talking, and it doesn't sound much different. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and, and thank you again. Would you, would you mind doing that? No, he's right. You're the first Order of Canada person to do this with us. To do the hey, mom, mm-hmm. hey. Oh, and, and, and thank you again. Would you, would you mind doing that? I, honestly, you hear me going, do you mind? <laughs> you know what, where that came from? Because uh, for some reason, she came into the studio. Yes. Right? Yeah. And sat in with us in person. And it was a great experience. And then when the Haymon, Haymon Hain thing started, it was like, oh, we should phone and see if she would be uh, into that. And okay. she was. Uh, here's the last one that I can find. We had Adrian Clarkson. We had a bunch of different ones. And here it says, Haymon Hay, Orville Redenbacher. I haven't heard this. Well, sir, we, we really appreciate taking even a... Wait, is this Orville Redenbacher? <laughs> this might actually be Orville <laughs> fucking all? Redenbacher. Well, sir, we, we really appreciate taking even a few moments with us this morning. We're here in Toronto, uh, and we have a tradition on our morning show, which we, we do uh, Monday through Friday. And we have a song. It's called Hey, hey <laughs> I know this is going to be hard to explain. We're going to sing Hey Mon Hey. All right. And, and every, every celebrity yeah, we've right. had in the show, we, we say it, then you say it. All right. So we'll say right. Hey Mon hey, hey, and you'll say Hey Mon Hey. Hey Monte. Okay, Hey Mon. Hey Monte. Yeah. I, I remember this now. He said, Hey Monte. So hang on, hang on, Mr. Redmarker, don't go away. Humble and Fred singing Hey Mon Hey with Orville Redmarker. Hey Mon Hey. Hey Monte. Hey Mon Hey. Hey Monte. Hey Monte. Monte. Hey Monte. Hey. Thank you, sir. It was great having you on the show. Oh, thank you. And uh, good luck and have a great day today. Talk about popcorn every time you give me a chance. Every damn oh. chance you get. Take care of yourself. <laughs> All right. All right. Did that just happen? Did thank we you. just have Orville sing? All right. All right. Wow. You know, that you t- that uh, that's a great bit. Hey, Monte. <laughs> <laughs> No, the con- that concept there, uh, that oh, was yeah. a great bit. And, I mean, and timeless. You could do that now, that bit. Yeah. It has legs, as they say. Yeah. Well, one hey, of the things that uh, consultants always talk about is sticky content. There's some mm-hmm. sticky content. I, I, I honestly don't remember how long we kept that up, but it was a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And again, where did it come from? Who knows? Just one day somebody said something who... I don't know. I think like a lot of things on the show that happen sort of organically and then we just cat because one thing that mm. I think you and I, if we had any skill, was recognizing like instantly kind of catching on to something and going, oh, that's so recognizing what was good for us. That would it fit in with right. us. Not, I know that was clunky, but you know what I mean? We recognize stuff that worked with us. Because was that a derivative of um, True Man True? No. No, it was separate. It was different. True man, true was you. We, and then we oh, no, just, no, 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 and then no, we I, just I started know, saying. Why, why would we? Yeah, it was just. Uh, hey, mon, hey. Anyway, true mon, true was my my in laws used yeah. to say that when they were telling you a story. True mon, true, and we used to say that on the air a bit. Well, I only said it because you said it, and I would just say right. it back to you. But here's another one that came up. Mm-hmm. I remember when we were doing this bit, and I started singing. Uh, over and I was just looking for some intro music to the bit, and then I just sort of was sort of doing a dopey version of me singing, and I started going, "I did not know that." And then we started right, singing, right. "I did not know that," right. and that was mm-hmm. another thing that just we just did that for a couple of years, and everybody referenced it, and it was so simple and dumb. 
Um, speaking of which, one of my favorite Amin, mm-hmm. Amin Batia IDs. It's weird that we're talking about, we're doing this now, but he's going to be on the show later. But that when he's on the show, we'll talk about him. Isn't it, you know, I mean, think about this guy, how talent, for, for, forget how talented Jamie is, the guy singing. How talent, you okay over there? Uh-huh. <laughs> did you just fart? Yeah. No. Yes, he did. Shift, I shifted. You shifted. No, I saw oh. you shift, and then we both heard you fart. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's, you know, <laughs> it's right. only been a 33-year tradition. What is- what is this, Fox News? <laughs> um, Fake news. Fart news. Oh, yeah. Fart news. I love that. Fart news. Um, anyway, I was just saying, like, we had this guy, Jamie, who was very talented and can sing. But then we had this guy, Amin Batia, who put this stuff together. And, like, that's... I don't care what we, what else was going on in Toronto radio back in the early 90s. Nobody had something like that. You know, we did a lot of stuff on that radio station, not just our show, but a lot of the stuff on that radio station that was produced by Jamie and uh, Rob Baird and Karen Fisher and Robbie Johnston and and Jamie Watson and Amin Batia, some of the stuff you did, Dan. I mean, that was really, really great radio. You know, different stuff. Different stuff. And a lot of it got ignored by the regular radio, you know, people. I don't know. I guess maybe they just didn't hear it. Because of the music we played. Yeah. Not that it was bad. It was just even through the 90s there, that whole grunge era, it was still alternative music. It still wasn't widely accepted by the mainstream. Although it's interesting, yesterday I'm driving to Kitchener and me and Dahl have boom on because, uh, you know, the sweet May Potts. I love listening to her angel voice. And just the songs that they play, it could be CFNY from the 1980s. And it's funny, at the time, when CFNY was playing those songs, it was like, oh, that's that weird mm-hmm. stuff. But we've yeah. said that many, many times. And through the 90s there, it still wasn't widely accepted. It wasn't until we were gone that sort of that style of music, so-called altern- pop alternative, really took hold. Yeah, the late 90s was the beginning of that AAA format. Yeah. Later in the 90s, as we were wrapping up there. And it's mm-hmm. too bad because that format, that's kind of the music... It's called adult alternative. Yeah. That was kind of what we thought we were going to be playing at the mix. Yeah, well, they gave us playlists to look at. It was great. Yeah. It was like, man, this is this is fantastic. And it would have been. Mm-hmm. No, I know. And then all the then the radio geniuses took over. This is one of my another one of my favorite Amin Batia IDs. And again, if you're a Hundy P and you've been listening to us for any time, you've probably heard this. Oh, you can do it. Like, I don't care what station you were at in North America. I mean, that's pretty remarkable production. Oh, you can do it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Kiss Humberland Fred. Is that Jamie again? Yes. That's Jamie It'll- singing and Amin producing that. Um, Like, man, Jamie can do a lot with that voice, eh? Oh, we should yeah. have him on someday. I've asked him before, though. He's not really interested. 
to not come on and do voices, come on and talk about being a voice guy. And, and being part of the show in those days. I mean, yeah. plus one of Jamie's characters that I absolutely loved was Cito Gaston. Oh, yeah. And we used to... <laughs> Cito. Cito. And, and it had, he had nothing... The character was literally only named Cito. Mm-hmm. His voice had nothing to do with his real voice. It was just crazy. And we used to have him on talking about baseball, and it was just nuts. Yeah, he was deranged, right? It was deranged. So it would, start, it would sort of start calmly, and then he'd lose it a bit. <laughs> Here's another great... Again, this is Jamie Watson singing, Amin Batia producing... I mean, come on, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, he had the uh, he had producer chops, but he was a, he is a musician, self taught. He you know got into the synthesizers. He won a Roland uh, synthesizer competition way early in his career, and and that uh, set him off. And that uh, his music skills are just astonishing. You're talking about a men, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, like next level stuff. And we were so you know pretty fortunate. The group of people around us. You know, we're so good. And you wonder a guy like that born a little too early, eh? Like producing that stuff the way kids do now. Like I'm thinking of Billie Eilish and her brother again the other night at the Academy Awards. Now they're doing music for movies, for Christ's sake. It all started in a bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, listen, we're going to be talking more about this stuff. Thanks for letting us uh, indulge ourselves. Dan, I don't know how we're going to recover the first... I mean, if we don't, we don't because we'll figure we'll figure something out. If have to, have to, because there was a really cool beginning. And if we here's the thing: if we for some reason can, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, and you can hear the lost you know first eight or nine minutes before I press record. Uh, Dan Duran's news is coming up later on. Tim Niblett will check in with some great financial information, and we're going to talk about a couple other things. Of course, one of the big stories of the last couple of days continues to be Chris Rock. Before we get to it, I've got some clips of Jim Carrey, Judd Apatow. Uh, We've got a great clip, uh, Freddie and I found, of uh, Donald Trump uh, talking about his... uh you know, his opinion of what's going on with the Ukraine and what he thinks is the real issue. Uh, but first, Fred, let's take care of a little bit of business here. Yeah, Bodog, we've talked about it uh, so much, you know, about how much fun it is to actually wager on games. Of course, you know, within reason, you know, you have to control yourself in these situations. But uh, uh, betting on the North American sports can add a lot of uh, interest uh, to following them. It really is, you know, and... Bodog, uh, they've been around since 1994, providing Canadians uh, with poker and casino uh, situations. Bodog, your number one source of online gambling and entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their uh, fully loaded casino and race book. Yeah, they've uh, been providing Canadian players with unparalleled gaming experience since 19. 19- uh, 94, and again, coming up this weekend, uh, what is it, the Final Four or the Elite Eight, I, I believe, and then the Final Four. They really dragged this thing out. Uh, that uh, is coming up this weekend, and, you know, a look ahead to the Masters the week after next, and guess who was practicing yesterday, apparently, at Augusta, huh? I'm sure how Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Big news. Well, that will be something to keep your eye on. Bodog is where to go for your gaming uh, uh, enjoyment. Somebody just reminded me on Facebook... I just looked and made sure the feed was up, and I think it's uh, Malcolm. 
who says, don't forget trying to get Susan Hay to sing the song with you. I don't remember that, Malcolm. I do remember that Susan Hay's appearance with us was a bit of a prickly affair. She wasn't the only one, but uh, there was definitely a few people that came on a little bit with their their defenses up. The only thing... No, I think with Susan, I think she was briefed... <sighs> About us and sort of got the wrong impression. She was on the defensive right away, or she wasn't on the defensive. She was on the offensive right away. She thought she was gonna, you know, like yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, like be proactive as far as horsing around with humble and friend. It just it didn't it didn't really work. Mm-hmm. Um, one last thing, I, I pointed this out to you guys before the show. Probably the single ID. That Humble and Fred listeners heard me play mm-hmm. more than, well, there's two. There's the, this is Humble and Fred, which I don't have right in front of me. But it's another one that I played a lot was, uh, was this one. Hang on a second. Disgusting. I, I played that at the end of so many bits. I'm Fred. Yeah, we just had... Uh, it was the perfect storm of really talented people at a stage in their lives that they just liked working on something like our little silly show gave a lot of people a creative outlet mm-hmm. and it gave us the benefit of a lot of people who could do things like in fact a min was responsible and i'm going to get off this in a second a min was responsible for almost all of those early ideas with you and i going um you know, Humble and Fred, we ain't got no college. You can hear his voice on a lot of them. He produced this too. This is Humble and Fred. All right, moving on. One of the big stories, of course, the Academy Awards. And it's been a couple of days. And I'm glad I've got these clips because I was going to say this to you this morning. Um, I can't stop reading about it, talking about it. I find it fascinating. Obviously, a lot of other people do, too. Yeah. Well, what is it now? What, 70 hours away or whatever? To me, it gets more ridiculous every time I think about it or see it. Yeah. What he did. Really. It's just, uh, like, it was just ridiculous. So let's do a little roundup. Do you want to hear the talk show hosts and their reaction first, or should we go right to Jim Carrey? Your call, because I've got both here. I've got. Well, let's uh, go to yeah. Let's hear what Jim Carrey had to say. Uh, was, was, was this a? Where was this? So now? Jim Carrey was being interviewed by uh, Oprah's girlfriend Gail. Okay. On uh, I guess that's the CBS Morning Show. Mm-hmm. And here is what Jim Carrey said about it. I was sickened. I was sickened by the standing ovation. I felt like Hollywood is just spineless, en masse. And uh, it just, it really felt like, oh, this is a really clear indication that uh, we're not the cool club anymore. There was some question today about if anyone else had walked from the audience and done that, they would have been escorted out by security or maybe even arrested. The police asked, asked Chris if he been. had to file charges. They asked Chris, do you want to file charges? And Chris apparently said, no, he did not. He doesn't want the hassle. I'd I'd have announced this morning that I was suing Will for $200 million because that video is going to be there forever. It's going to be ubiquitous. 
you know, that insult is going to last a very long time. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything against Will Smith. He's done great mm-hmm. things. But that was have not a good moment. It cast a, a pall over everybody's shining moment. Interesting you said that. I would have sued him for $200 million because that insult's never going away. Right. No, it's true. And we still haven't heard from Chris Rock, have we? Not really. I've heard a couple it, weird things. I'm not sure if you read this, that Chris Rock yeah. still backstage thought it was a bit. Well, I can't believe that, but no. uh, what, did, what did you Well, read? I read something else, too, that there was an, um, Chris Rock issued an apology saying he stepped over the line with the joke. It was wrong. Absolutely. It was just, it was bullshit. It was fake news. It was, uh, it was released by, well, whoever, but it wasn't Chris Rock. Oh, I see. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that, so he hasn't, uh, which I think, by the way, is great. We said that yesterday. I think he's playing it great that, that he's not saying anything. He's going to, re- cause you imagine, cause we're all waiting now to hear what mm-hmm. Chris Rock has to say about it. I mean, like I said to you yesterday, he's on tour. This is, he knows this is going to be good for his brand because mm-hmm. again, we're not, yeah. not only talking about the Oscars. We haven't talked about Chris Rock this much in years either. And yeah, I mean, and we, I, the know. culture. And again, that whole Hollywood thing and culture and fame and stature and infatuation with people. Yeah. They're, again, forget it's Will Smith. It's just Joe Average going and doing that on camera anywhere. And it's a horrible, horrible thing. And it's just amazing that it's Will Smith and he goes up and does it. And, you know, there's people, yeah, it was wrong, but, you know, his wife had that problem so I could understand it because it's Will Smith, because they like him, because he's a star. And it's just what Carrie said, you know? I like what he said about, you know, well, you know, hey, this, this sort of, you know, pokes the hole in the Hollywood isn't the cool kids anymore. Because I'll tell yeah. you, and, and we've spoken about this for two days now, day three, but I, I want to come back to the idea, anybody else... Walking yeah. out of that audience onto the stage is mm-hmm. no longer in that audience. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, to give them a bit of a break, when that happened, all these people, producers, executives, network people, they got a show to do. They're all scrambling around, not knowing what to do. If that's just a regular concert at whatever uh, Massey Hall, you know, mm-hmm. they take the person out and the show goes on. Except in this case, the person is one of the most famous people on earth. And the mm-hmm. other person's very famous, too. But as Carrie said, you know, the standing ovation after he wins the award, too. <sighs> yeah, it's shameful, but it gets back to what you just said. Even the people, you know, I cut them some slack. You're doing a live show here, and the guy <laughs> who has won the biggest award of the night, or the co-biggest award of the night, whatever you want to call it, um, just committed that act like what do you do do you shut down your show do you throw him out do you stand up and say okay the oscar uh was supposed to go to him but we're not giving it to him now or like yeah so i understand how they at the line of scrimmage had to make these decisions i also even understand the, go even ahead. the audience when when he's announced I, you know i guess you, 
what else do you do but stand up and applause? Because that's what you do for best actor. So I was just going to say that. you yeah. got to give them a... Like Carrie says, it sickened him. But if you're in that audience that night, it's still confusing. You're, yes. you know, like... You know, Rachel has this phrase. I love it. She said, you know, sometimes it takes people a while to process stuff. And it does. Like in the mo- in the short term, the producers, the people running the television show, they're trying to process it instantly. Mm-hmm. But the people in the audience, I, I, I jumped on you there because I was going to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. That if you're in that audience, the best actor award goes to a guy that has been lobbying for this award for a long time. That's another inside Hollywood thing I've read that apparently will. That's another thing that makes it sad, too, is that Will Smith has been vying for this for years. Mm -hmm. So, of course, people are going to stand up because they're still processing it. They're still confused by it. Well, Howard, that's what I just said at the beginning of this. 72 hours later, I'm still processing it. And every time I see it, it looks worse to me. Yeah. Because at the time, again, you're trying to do that balance. Why would he do that? There must have been a reason. Like, oh, yeah, he's protecting his wife. But then as you start to process it, it's like there's there's so many other things he could have done. Well, yeah, and we've gone over and, and, a myriad yeah. of them. Like you said, come up, not say anything, then stand up, accept the award and say, oh, by the way, Chris Rock, you stood up there and you made this joke. You know, you should think twice before that yeah. because what my, what my family has gone through is no laughing matter. Bang. And then all of a sudden people are going, wow, that was cool. Like, or, or and, that was, and it that was put, a moment. It would have put the focus where the focus needed to be, which is, yeah. I didn't appreciate your joke. It right. hurt me because you hurt my loved one. Right. Etc. Or, you know, if you wanted to do something a bit more dramatic by getting out of your seat, as I said to you the other day, mm-hmm. you know, walk up, shake your finger at him, and then sit down, and we'd all be like, ooh, that was a weird moment. But mm-hmm. it and I agree. Like, I've watched I watched it a bunch of times this morning, gathering these clips. The sound his hand makes on Chris Rock's face. Back to what Carrie said. That is going to be something that is never going to go away. That, that clip, that moment, that, that insult. What he did with that slap. And, and, and listen, we've talked about it before. And... You know, and Howard Stern said it, and a few other people have said it. Um, you got a self-control problem. And, and maybe, you know, a lot of us can relate to maybe overreacting at the moment or doing things we regret. But that was pretty huge. That, that was huge, huge, huge. What does that say about your self-control? In front of millions of people on live television, you, go up, you get up and do that. That whole time that he was walking towards Chris Rock, he had time to think about what he was going to do. He was in a, like, he had lost it. Like, yeah. how, how do you explain it in any other way? And then I mentioned yesterday, it, and again, it, we're like dissecting this like it's the Zapruder film. And by yeah. the way... I heard Stern say that, and I was like, okay, but we've already, a lot of people have already said that. And I'm not taking right, any right. way. But, but mm-hmm. when you, what I said yesterday is, and I, again, I noticed it again today. As Will Smith is walking back to his chair, I can tell you there's a moment on his face, I think a, a shadow of realization as to what he's done. But, yeah. but he's still in a rage state. Again, we can all relate. And when he's yelling at Chris Rock, that's when you realize, oh, this guy is fucking unhinged and, and you want to dissect it even further it's like what what type of a relationship do they have what's her name what's her name again Jada what's her what is it Jada P 
Pink Jada, and right? Smith. The son is Jaden, right? Jaden, yeah. Yeah. Um, who apparently released a tweet saying, yeah, that's what we no, do. No, his tweet was, that's how we do it. Oh, that's oh, how do we ya? do it. What, you, you, you um, uh, fucking bi- bitch slap people that aren't expecting it? That's how uh-huh. you do it? But, but, but you want to break it down like this is a... Zabruder film. Zabruder, yeah. Zabruder film. <laughs> Zabruder film. Zabruder yeah. film. Um, he laughs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, and I know, in the and again, it, it all happened quickly. So is he sitting there thinking, well, I guess I'm supposed to laugh. I don't think it's that funny. But then there must, there was a, a, a lightning bolt moment between her and him that made him think he had to get up and do that. Well, when he laughs first... It's almost that nervous laugh, as you just said. Yeah. It's almost like, <laughs> like, a, like, almost like you're not really processing what the guy said. And it, it didn't hit Will Smith until he looked over at his wife, who's, right. fir- who's, by the way, her reaction, again, having seen it a bunch of times this morning, she doesn't like it right away. She, no, get, she rolls her eyes, and that's fine. No, but even before yeah. she rolls her eyes, she just has this moment uh, uh, that comes uh, across this, again, a, a moment across her eyes where you can just see that she sort of. It's almost like she looks inside and then open. It's like it's weird if you if you look at it before she rolls her eyes, but immediately it hit her the wrong way. I'm I'm just going to say this: when you get out of your chair and and then walk up on stage, along the way to that, you you did have an opportunity to say to yourself, maybe there's some like I don't know if he even knew he was going to slap Chris Rock when he walked up there, right. but just making the decision to get out of your chair. Yeah. And yet, you know, and again, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't in a bar, a guy sitting at the same table as you or, you know, nose to nose on a, on the street that he had lots of time to think about getting up and climbing those stairs and walking along, you know, know. one thing I will say about Chris Rock, he has said he didn't know about her condition, alopecia or whatever. Um, I hope that's the truth. You know, I mean, because I read yesterday, it would be pretty hard not to know about that. Uh, I, given I, to be all, yeah, maybe if you're a celebrity, but I had never yeah. heard of it. I don't follow them on Instagram, and it well, wasn't but, to me common knowledge. Right, but you know, the gossip around Hollywood, or even that night, you know, her hair, people talking about it. Oh, yes, yeah, she has that condition because she has gone on a lot of talk shows and talked about it. Oh, okay, written written things about it, and I, I'm just hoping that's true. Because, yeah, at the very, you know, he didn't even need to tell that joke. And apparently it wasn't written. It wasn't planned. He, he really didn't need to do that. It was like that. a little throwaway. But I, I disagree. Yeah. I don't even think that's I, even if he knew and because and, I think that's beside the point. So what if he knew it's still a, it still wasn't that big a deal. And oh, well, let's say it was a big deal. Even if he knew and made an alopecia joke, he still doesn't deserve to get slapped in the face. No, I totally agree with that. All I'm saying is I hope through this he's not bullshitting on any level that he didn't know about it. That's all. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's just a little tiny thing. But yeah, to me, it's a Mm -hmm. it's not even the point. But I I get what you're saying. I know it's not the point. Here's Judd Apatow. uh, Also, uh, that later that morning with Gail King uh, talking about uh, what he thinks uh, 
of Hollywood. Well, Hollywood doesn't really respond to anything. Um, so, I mean, if you just look at any issue, Hollywood doesn't really respond. I wish I could say that they did. People really shouldn't look for, like, the best moral, ethical response from the community of Hollywood. And I'm part of it, but I see them very, very slow to, to make any kind of a choice. And as a comedian, I just worry that has the door been opened if you're, you see somebody saying something you don't like, that it yeah. opens the door to people think, well... It has happened. Will Smith yeah. did it. Is, does it make it okay? Well, people are on edge, right? Yes. It's, been, it's been a hard couple of people years. People are on hair triggers. It's yes. true. Everybody's a little frayed, and it, and it feels like that is also part of what we're seeing everywhere. Like, yeah, That's a good point I think he makes. it. Yeah, we're all a little on edge after the last couple of years, and Trump and the Ukraine, Russia, whatever. But the bottom yeah. line is, you know... Will Smith has been a celebrity for a very long time. So is Jada Pinkin. Pinkin? Pinkin? I don't know. Jada Smith. They've both been celebrities, and they know the game. They know the rules. And they also have a personal experience of Chris Rock. Uh It's not some open mic guy. It's not some... It's Chris Rock at the Academy Awards. Yeah. You know, it was an opportunity missed for Will Smith. You know, and again, you can go right down the line. Yeah. Everything that transpired, like, did it need to happen? And as you said yesterday, it's probably good for the Academy Awards because people are talking about it like never before. But yeah, Will could have addressed it in his acceptance speech and it would have been could have been really neat and eloquent and and powerful, more powerful. powerful. So powerful. Yeah. And put Chris Rock in his place. Yes. And, and you know what? Then Chris Rock would have been, the story yeah. would have been, you mm-hmm. know, that was a shitty joke. Yeah. Because it wasn't yeah. a great joke. And, and and whether he knew or didn't know, it's still insulting. And the woman, mm-hmm. you know, listen, you're, you know, you've been funny your whole life. I've been doing comedy for a long time. You know, there is a victim in every joke. And in that joke, mm-hmm. the victim, I don't care. And we can explain that G.I. Jane was a strong woman character with a right. bald head. It's the victim is Jada Pinkett Smith. And think about it. You know what a what a horrific thing to happen to a woman lose her exactly. Hair. It's a, it's a horrible horrible thing. And for that moment, he shone a spotlight on her condition at the Academy Awards in her nice dress and everything. And he has everyone for that moment concentrating on her problem. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Yeah, and and, and, and mm-hmm. totally justified to be insulted mm-hmm. by that joke. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of times. And I'll speak as a, you know, mediocre stand-up comedian. But I've been doing it a long time. I've said things in in big crowds of people I instantly regretted. Mm-hmm. Or I've also said things that I thought, things I planned to say, thought it was funny. It was mm-hmm. not. And mm-hmm. regretted it later. You know, I mentioned something yesterday about a luncheon I hosted. It was that sales broadcast, sales thing and it was in front of a very large group of people 1500 people Mm -hmm. and i made a comment about someone we worked with Mm -hmm. thought i was being yeah i thought i was being somewhat complimentary she's a woman in a man's world and i was kind of making some remarks about her not sexist but more like i don't even remember what but she was very offended by it Mm -hmm. but her but the background to it was 
because she had always struggled to sort of, you know, be seen as professional and not just mm-hmm. a woman in a man's situation. Mm-hmm. She had a good point, but I didn't think of that when I was making these comments in front of more than a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, I've got those talk show, but you know what really could have happened at the end? You know, if it had worked out, maybe they could have all just sang. Okay. <laughs> they could have just sang this. Here we go. Nice. Just wait for us to start. Everyone would have been happy. Very nice. All right. I, uh, our guest is here. The Humble and Fred Show. Yeah, we know. Weekday mornings on CFNY 102.1. Yes, yes, yes. I'm in Batia. Is our Gig Sky guest of the day, the only worldwide mobile data service with affordable rates in over 190 countries. Download the app today for Android or iOS. And don't forget, HF2022 at GigSky.com for $5 off your first plan. I feel like we've been introducing this guest for the last, I don't know, 45 minutes. We started the show... Uh, and we've we've discussed how lucky we were. There was a perfect storm of people that all came together. Uh, but our relationship, Dan and I, and this fellow go back even before. I can't come to the phone right now. He came to Toronto back in Calgary. He was doing stuff on my show right now. And one of the first right things now. we ever heard from a man. I can't come to the phone this. right now. I can't come to the. I can't come to the phone. 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 Right now. I can't come to the phone right now. I can't come to them. I can't uh, somehow I feel like it all began on a Casio keyboard. <laughs> Somebody Roland, came. Roland keyboard, buddy. Uh, please welcome to this show an old friend for sure and someone that made the sound of the Humble and Fred show uh, very unique. It's a min, a batia. Hello, friend. Hello, buddy. How are you? I could. I've, it's been such a nostalgia trip for Fred and I this morning. But give us some con because neither of us can remember. You and I and Dan, we met in Calgary. Yep. Yep. You were at, was it? Kick was FM. It was, it was Kick yeah, FM. it was Kick. It was Kick. And maybe that's when Dan was there. Um, I joined on about a, <clears throat> about a minute ago. And I wondered whether we were going to talk about some of the stranger things we did at CFNY. And there's Haymon Hayes yeah. singing away. <laughs> That's right. We we can't do that now. I oh, wondered yeah. whether we were going to talk about whether we could do that now. And there's the friggin' Haymon Hay thing going on. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was Calgary. It was Calgary where that first started. That was a Roland uh, keyboard, by the way, not a Casio. Uh, very, very big on that because I won a synth competition with Roland that changed my life. And then I did a lot of consulting for them. So that was one of their first. That was their first sampler where you could record sounds and then play them back on a keyboard. It was like 1986, 87. And, uh, yeah, I made an answering machine song. And um, I think it ran on, uh, on CHFM on FM 96. Uh, and the announcer said, this is a Min's song, and if you call him, you'll hear this on your phone machine. And he gave out the number on the air. <laughs> oh, really? So, yeah. So my answering machine, they, like the tape ran out. It was ridiculous. I and, people. and how many people asked you for that to put on their machines? Uh, you know, we started getting that. This is the strange thing, because, you know, the song 
took off in mm-hmm. in the way that you know it was this novelty song. Um, and at the time, I was trying to get into film music. I had an agent in Los Angeles, and I sent it to the agent in Los Angeles, saying, "Hey, can we get some airplay with this? You know, mm-hmm. you know, do you know any record companies and stuff?" And he just wrote back to me, says, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> um, and and this is. You know, I don't know what your agenda is for talking to me, but I, I, I thought definitely one of the things we could talk about is this double-edged life I've had, where thanks to people like yourself and Dan and, you know, other people, Bruce Ellert, uh, there's so many people I can think of that gave me the opportunity to do all this wacky sound stuff. You know, we did commercials. We won awards together. There were so many things. And it's it's fun to talk and to share pieces of audio. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love doing music with synthesizers. And that became a totally different world. And that world is a lot quieter. You know, you're sitting in a room for hours at a time crafting this perfect melody, you know, for something like, like Flashpoint or Anne with an E. It's a very, very solitary thing. It's very, very different. Mm. Um, and I love one against the other. I love, you know, being an introvert and being an extrovert. But the two worlds are very, very different. Like nobody in my, mu- in my film world will listen to the answering machine song to go, wow, I mean, you're an amazing producer. We should hire you to do this IMAX film. You know, well, like I, I don't play the answering machine song for Steven Spielberg, you know? I, well, I want to talk a little bit about your film career, but just picking up on what you said about how lucky we were, I played a bunch of stuff, some soundscape stuff that was you and Jamie. I mean, Jamie, oh, it was a perfect storm of your, Jamie Watson, your musical ability, your actual, like... You weren't just some goofy radio producer. You're like a, a world-class musician. And then we would have this guy, Jamie Watson. Like, I've played a couple of things I'm in. Like, they're just... Like, they're so well done. You know, I mean, I've been at a lot of radio stations, you know, and Freddie has... But, you know, you don't hear this kind of production. I'll, I'll play something. Maybe you don't remember this, but I, I've already played it. I just... Hang on. How do Make me laugh real hard. Make me giggle really silly till my face turns red. Like I worked at stations of men where like the producer, they would do a parody of the song, but you guys recreated that music so exactly. It was almost spooky. Okay, a little confession. In some cases, we recreated the songs. I think in some of the more simple acoustic ones, probably we did do some production. I think I did one where Tori Amos sings songs by the Brady Bunch. <laughs> that was that was all original. That was I brought this amazing singer on board, and I did the piano stuff myself and all that kind of thing. That particular one, as you know, in the world of radio, you sure. sometimes get instrumental versions of songs. Oh, okay. Or some songs have an instrumental intro to them. <clears throat> So that's a loop. We just found a section in Dumb and either spliced it or it came from a recording that, you know, that the, the instrumental version, Alan Cross brought it to us. Um, and then we listen to the original and then and then that's Jamie's talent. Just he has uh, Jamie Watson. Yeah, it's so it's many really unbelievable. It's voices. pathetic we would, how good yeah. he is. And we would riff off of each other. You know, we also did some I mean, the things we did, we can't do them now, Howard. Not not in not in traditional you know, talking out to the to the to the world. You know, we did we did African, uh, <laughs> yes, you know, African tribesmen stuff. We just came up with gibberish language and tried to sound like the Lion King. I mean, it was hilarious and funny. You can't do that now. I, I, you know, like even the ha- Hakim. You played the Hakim thing. I yes, can't believe you played it. Well, like, it's well, a we podcast were, we were talking- now. We were talking about that earlier in the show, like the Howard Chan thing yeah. with Hey Man Hey and yeah. our producer, our producer, Jason, putting on the South Asian voice. And I like, could you not do that nowadays or do we think we can't do that nowadays? You know, 
<laughs> Let me begin with with something my dad taught me. God bless my my late my late dad and my mom. You know, they were both great. We came to Calgary, immigrant family, right? Ten right. years old, nineteen seventy. I was the only brown kid in the school. Bless my parents' heart. They were like, people are scared of what they don't know. Mm-hmm. So get to know them. Let them get to know you. Let them know that you don't grow vegetables in your basement or that you're not a terrorist. <laughs> you know, just and, and 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 be funny about it. My dad always had the best East Indian jokes. Like he had to make sure he had the best ones. Right. And it was his way of breaking the ice. And, and you know, anybody that felt uncomfortable about, oh, Indian people and all yeah. that kind of stuff. You just break the ice. You'd let people laugh about it. And through that humor, I can't tell you the number of times that has built bridges. And it is it has allowed people to drop their guard. And then they can actually ask questions. You know, so do you, do you guys really have a prayer room, like a room where you guys pray? And I was like, mm-hmm. well, first of all, that's the Hindus. That's not me. I'm, I'm a Muslim. Right. Uh, and yeah, they do. And, you know, I mean, you guys go to church. Some people have a prayer room. Uh, you know, <laughs> I will confess things now. It'll piss off my relatives. I love pork. I love pork chops. Who doesn't? I, hey. My mom made the best pork chops. And then, and then when she moved to her retirement lodge, like they never gave her any pork chops. They they quickly stopped her from getting pork chops because they, you know, they wanted to respect her. And my mom was like, "Yeah, thanks." A lot. But I, you know, I'm I'm similar. I grew up, you know, being like the only Jewish kid in Moose Jaw. Yeah, people exactly. used to get people would get offended for me. They're like, "Oh, do you do you want some uh, 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 bacon?" Oh, that's right. You people don't eat bacon. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, "Are you yeah. kidding me?" Yeah, okay. I would eat so a we're both going pig. to hell. You exactly. Both going well, to hell. exactly. Um, by the way, that that ID you're talking about is this one. I don't know that yeah, we would do that now. Yeah, that's about eight of me. Um, um, no, there's one where Jamie came up with a little Lion King intro. I'll, uh, I'll try. Uh, no, I have it here somewhere. But while it's you're talking, I yeah, no, I got one. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about you as a as a musician and as a composer. I mean, I can lead read the list of credits, but where and, and you've worked with everyone from Steve Picaro of Toto, uh, Hans Zimmer, like, but but in the, I gotta ask a stupid question. So. Did you like? Were you a piano kid? Did you take keyboards? Did you read music? Did that, or, or did that just come out of uh, thin air? Started on piano, um, but I hated piano lessons. I, you know, my parents saw that I had some sort of aptitude for keyboard uh, stuff. I have perfect pitch, which is like I can hear notes and I know what they are. Wow! And uh, and and the piano lessons actually didn't go very well because you know it was playing chopsticks and all that kind of stuff, and I was figuring out much more complex melodies. So piano lessons and I didn't didn't really go over well, um, but. Uh, we did have a piano in the house. I was starting to figure things out. And then and then synthesizers started to happen, you know. And and my father, bless his heart, um, you know, he said, well, let's, let's get you a synthesizer. He had no idea how much they cost. And uh, we went to Long and McQuaid and got my first Minimoog synthesizer. The thing cost $2,000. Wow. I had no idea. I was like, what? <clears throat> and it can only do one note at a time. That's the beauty and challenge of early synthesizers is you can only play one note. So if you want to mm-hmm. create, like, four French horns or if you want to do some John Williams Star Wars stuff, you've got to use a tape recorder and, and overdub those lines over and over and over again. And so you have to, you have to think about the whole piece before you start and and I guess my particular ear or whatever I you know I, I had the kind of aptitude for that and then I won the synthesizer competition because I did this big giant piece of music with a four track and one mini moke 
And that's how it got uh, one of the judges, Ralph Dyke. Uh, Oscar Peterson was another judge. Uh, Iseo Tamita, the big Japanese classical guy. And then the tape got to Steve Picaro. And it was Steve that said, how are you doing all this with a, with a Minimoog synthesizer? And so he plucked me out of obscurity. I got to work on Toto albums with him. That opened the door to a record deal. And I did this orchestral synthesizer album, the Interstellar Suite. That led me to films. Um, but all through this time, you know, I, I couldn't make a, a complete living at it yet. So radio was still the day job. Mm-hmm. I worked at CFCN. I worked at, uh, at uh, FM 96. Um, I, I technically did some stuff for Kick because I helped Bruce with some production stuff, helped Dan with some production stuff. Um, and then and then I was at Z95 FM in Vancouver for three short months because as soon as the job started, I got another big film in, in, uh, in Toronto. Uh, and then and then Stu Myers called me and said, hey, why don't you come do some stuff for us at CFNY? So I was doing John Woo's Once a Thief, you know, television. And I was doing comedy bits with you and, and Jamie Watson and Rob Baird, who's, of course, now right. Mr. Pixar Disney guy. He's like the vice president of Pixar. Is he? Is I, that yeah, the new no, title? Like, sir, I, I, honestly, he is either like he's taking over the world. Well, I you know what I would like the world to be taken over by yeah. a guy like Rob he's a good boy, Robin Karen, just sweet guy, sweet Robin guy. Karen. What, what, just tell, just let me jump in. What years uh, were you with us at uh, the Edge CFO? It was I think ninety three to ninety six. The okay. whole Edge format thing had just yep. happened, right? So there was all kinds of production stuff for that. Uh, you were there. I'm trying to remember all the names. You know, brother May Bill, Potts, Fowler, May Potts, yeah. uh, Marla, who did traffic. What was Marla's last name? West. Marla West. Yeah. Remember, we, you know, um, excuse me, man. You know what, Fred? We have some great Marla stories. Uh, oh, right. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Remember, remember her? The, the phone call from Israel. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. we'll tell that story some other time. But the phone call God. from Israel. I can't come home. Uh, but, yeah. but let me just talk, uh, man. So you're a composer. You're doing scores. Steve Picaro plucks you out. Um, you worked on Toto stuff. But one thing I didn't know, and, and both Fred and I were sort of wondering about your uh, contrib- contribution to the Thriller album. Oh, right. What do you mean, oh, right? Well, it's, it's an intern story, and it's something that gets more mileage the more I talk about it. It's a very small contribution, but it is real. Um, before Steve Picaro, there was David Foster. David Foster was the first person that found me and said, hey, come to L.A., let's try some things. Uh, very nice man. You know, flew me to L.A., stayed at his house. Um, but the right. first L.A. experience was very intimidating because I'm this self-taught guy. Like, I didn't expect to make a living at this. I'm making little sounds on my synthesizer. It's a little hobby. I'm very happy. My friend Dave Kletke showed me the keyboard magazine ad. I submitted a piece of music. Uh, it won, and then suddenly I'm getting calls from people like David Foster, and you know he was a producer with the Tubes at the time, um, and was just starting to work with Chicago, and flew me to L.A. He said, "Listen, you know I got just got to help a friend with an out al- with it with a with a song. Do you mind just you know hanging out for a little while? Yeah, sure." And his friend Bert. Bert Bacharach mm-hmm. and his friend Carol Carabayer Sager uh, and Neil will be here any minute Neil Diamond you know just just sit in that chair um, and then it turns out I was sitting in Neil Diamond's chair so he walked in he says 
Oh, I can swear on this podcast, can't I? Yes, you can. Okay. For the first time, I can tell you, Neil Diamond looked at me and said, get the fuck out of my <laughs> Nice. Really? Yeah. Song, sung, blue. Yeah, never again. I, I, I'm not a Neil Diamond fan anymore. So um, he, was, he wasn't kidding. He was being God, serious. God, some intern, man. I was like Danger Boy suddenly <laughs> sitting in the wrong chair, right? <laughs> um, remember Danger Boy? Yes, of course. Um, so the whole thing, frankly, was really, really intimidating. Um, I was helping David with an album. He was doing some instrumental stuff and I helped him with some sound effects on a Roland Jupiter 8 synthesizer and a couple of months later it's on, on the beginning of Thriller on Paul McCartney uh, Michael Jackson The Girl Is Mine the opening part to The Girl Is Mine there's a little crystal downrun that happens that's me on a Jupiter 8 and I heard it because I was dubbing the song for the radio. I went back to my radio job, and this wow. week are the latest singles on 45 that have to be transferred to cart. Wow. And I put this thing on it. My first thought was, oh, my God, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson ripped us off. Like, they heard our song and copied it. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, and no, Dave was like, no, no, I just use the, the thing and stuff like that. He did credit me, I think, on Keyboard Magazine. Um you know, it was an intern thing. He flew me to L.A. Lord knows, you know, it's mm-hmm. not like I was gonna, I was gonna make a make a fuss about it. But yeah, that's 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 me on like three. I was sampled on Thriller. When you see all these kids nowadays who become stars by starting in their bedrooms, being able to upload stuff and share it with the world, do you ever think maybe you were born 20, 20 years too early or something? Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad I was born when I was because yeah. there were people around me. You couldn't just upload things. You actually had to play things for people and get reaction from people right. around you. Your parents, your friends, you know, total strangers that don't know who you are and you play something for them and they start to smile and they realize, okay, you've got talent. And you also realize, hey, I'm, I'm doing something that people like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, I think we've lost that. I think you've got so many, you've got so many people on TikTok who cannot sing, but they right. They can. Uh, and some of it is cute and funny and some of it isn't. And, and you know, I get a lot of a lot of people sending me tapes now. They want me to produce stuff or they want me to work with them. And not every one of them are stellar. Some of them are absolutely amazing. And I do my best to help those people. But we this thing about being a star overnight, like just put a YouTube video and you can be a star. That's it's not true. And I think I think YouTube is doing a disservice and all these Internet countries are doing. And I I don't disagree with you. I will say this, though. I am quite amazed and I don't have the ear you do. I've just been doing this my whole life. I am amazed from time to time on social media, whatever it is. TikTok especially has the volume of. Oh, yes. But there's some amazing stuff. But I would say there's a couple that I'm that I I tell you what I was going to say, guys. It surprises me how talented they are and how not famous they are yeah. and i'm thinking wow you know like you look at somebody you think that person man or woman is super talented and they've got like a few thousand followers and yet you'll see some people that may not be as talented the other thing i want to say you know in, in this world of the pandemic and doing shows on zoom like we're doing now yeah has that but your ability to record remotely must be Good for business, too, and because it, the technology now exists, to Fred's point about being born early, but the technology that you're now uh, surrounded by allows you to work with people all over the world from your home in mm-hmm. Toronto. 
It's amazing. It, it, and you know what, guys? It's probably very similar to your world in that you began in the radio world. You got known for being in the radio world. But now you're able to pivot mm-hmm. and do things from home. Like, you know, your podcast has been going for years now. And I thought that's great. Humble and Fred live on in podcasts. I think that's yeah. fantastic. But it, but it started from radio. So you had the world of radio that then gave you that that edge into getting into podcasting and for me starting in these old analog synthesizers and tape machines has given me that angle that when we now start working with computers and and, you know everything sitting inside a computer i knew knowing how to splice tape knowing how to prepare tracks in advance of the vocalist coming in to sing all those things really do make a difference Mm -hmm. and and it's as true now as it was then no matter whether it's a tape machine or whether it's a computer well we often talk about that if you know it used to be back and back in the day you got fired from a radio job you were silenced well there's no reason to be silenced now yeah that's true and that's, that's well, that's what we've done. Yeah. And while I was dissing all those, uh, you know, people mm-hmm. on TikTok and stuff like that, there have been mm-hmm. some amazing things that the Internet has made possible, which oh, yeah. just could have not happened. I, I, I mean, on what Fred touched on there, that the idea of broadcasting yourself, YouTubes, I mean, it's brought it's given mm-hmm. people that. You know, whether you go back to Justin Bieber, would he have been discovered? Agreed. But, you know, but those are the exceptions. They don't prove the rule. But but back to you and your access to human beings in other parts of the world. Do you do a lot of that? Do people, are you producing, I don't know how people get, a a star would get a hold of you, but somebody that knows somebody that says, Amin, can you produce this person? And it's a singer from, you know, some other part of the world. And do you do those kinds of things? Occasionally, frankly, there are, you know, there are better producers than I am. I was the radio thing. I really love parody. I've produced radio plays. I've done some pretty silly stuff. We did something in Toronto for a few years called Radio Project X. And we we did Twilight Zone stuff and we did Star Trek stuff, but we parodied it. Mm -hmm. So I came up with all the scary, you know, classical music for, you know, we had Invasion of the Cheese Men. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. and, and I, you know, got eight people in a room and just sang this dastardly jingle. And it sounded like something from, you know, Twilight Zone or something that Bernard Herrmann would have come up with. But but it's all in the name of fun. The serious stuff is very, very different. For me, it's it's classical music. It's mm. piano. It's cello. It's it's orchestral stuff. I've you know got to work with the TSO, a 60, 60 piece orchestra performing a melody that you heard in your head two weeks ago. Um Wow, that's you know that's that's a that that is a thrill of a lifetime. I bet is 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 know, that what you're working on now? Like what, what? So let's wrap. Let's by by. Yeah, where are you right now? Where are you? Because that you looks do? interesting. What's behind you? Uh, I'm in my home studio. Uh, <laughs> we have a townhome over you know in the west side of town, and it's it's a lovely three bedroom townhome. And this particular room is in the corner of the corner of the corner, so I can crank it day or night and not bother anybody. We're still um, talking about music, right? Because I crank it over <laughs> here on the Queensway, but that's you know I, that's old habits die hard, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to leave that one. No, you don't have to. Um, so what? What? Not only the space you're working in, but what are you working on these days? Just, just uh-huh. finished an animated show called Luna. Let's go. That's on PBS. Okay. And I'm working with Ari Posner and Chris Kuzdak on that one, and they come to me for all the scary classical music. So it's like doing Bugs Bunny, Looney Tune stuff. Uh, there's an IMAX film coming up next year. Uh, I did one years ago. It's on the on the life of Jane Goodall, and now there's a new one coming where Jane, Jane Goodall is showing 
stories about the world. And the good news is there are some things we are doing that are actually healing the world. It's not all doom and gloom. We are actually starting to make a difference. So I was really excited to, to do, you know, to do a story like that. So, and that's going to be orchestral music. So we'll have a lot of a lot of players in this day and age. The show Anne and E, uh, Anne with an E that Ari and I did uh, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, we had five live players, but they were all in different parts of town. Wow! So I'd create tracks on my studio. Ari would create tracks in his studio. We'd send them off to a cellist. You know, Kirk Starkey, who's in Hamilton, Drew Jureka, who's you know five blocks away. Um, yeah, and and and, uh, and and all the tracks would come together. And this was even before COVID. We were doing that stuff two years before COVID happened. Mm-hmm. So we've been able to pivot really well. What about? Do you sing as well? I mean, on any level, did you I, ever? Did you ever, you know, lay down the vocals with it? Never seriously, but yes. Mm-hmm. I've done right. background vocal stuff. Um, you know, I think there's something about radio where you don't have to take it seriously. Like parody stuff, I can mm-hmm. do a lot of different voices. Well, if I someone wanted to ask me to seriously sing a song to go on the radio, no, no I don't okay. think I could. But I did want to say, if you're ever looking to sample something and you want to use this thing that you made of me clearing my throat in the studio. That's it, buddy. This was just me going, getting ready to voice something. I was working with the men one day, and then the next day, I said, oh, by the way, I've looped your, <laughs> I've looped the sound of you clearing your throat. Amin Batia, man, you've made, a, you've made us both so happy to reminisce with you about those days, and it was great catching up with you. I, I, I can't believe we've known each other as long as we have. Thank you so much. All the best to you, you sweet, sweet person. Thank you so much, and success to you both on the podcast. I I fucking love what you guys are doing. Yeah, we're we're pretty great. Love being able to swear on this podcast. Yeah, it's guys, us too. Continue to be great, both. Thanks, of you. man. Amin Batia, everybody. Amin. Thank you. Lots of love to you, brother. Okay, Amin Batia. There you go. Uh, this program is uh, brought to you by. Okay. There it is. Thanks, man. Take care, man. Uh, the program is brought to you by GoDaddy, Frederick. GoDaddy. Mm-hmm. 24-7. GoDaddy. Go 24-7 phone support. Here's a couple things you should know. 24-7 phone support? What? You can call somebody? Yeah, you can. Uh, 24-7 phone support. And no credit card is even required when you visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. You can start your website for free, no credit card. These people have been servicing customers around the planet, 20 million of them, for 25 years. GoDaddy's where you go to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. GoDaddy.ca. Let me just remove uh, a min here. There we go. Okay. You know, you, you, you talk about a perfect storm. You know, you and Dan come to the station, and then, you know, Jamie Watson just happens to be there, then Amin arrives in whatever order, and just all those minds together. Well, and, and Karen and Rob were part of that. Then later, you know, oh, yeah. think about our, think about how lucky mm-hmm. we've been. <clears throat> so Dan and I know this guy, he, he vibes with Jamie, Rob, Karen, then... Amin leaves and get around 96. I'll, I'm going to guess that that's kind of when Pete shows up. Then, yes. then the next guy in our show is a guy who's also super talented, can sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is creative. The parody songs that Pete did 
and I helped him out. I mean, some of those are, you know, like they're so good. It's it's weird. They're like weirdly good because most radio station stuff is just sort of you know schlocky. And add to that, and I mean, you played him at the beginning. You know, our our producer. Jason Barr, how talented he was. He could yeah. play the guitar. He could sing on some level, do voices. <laughs> you know, and his career lives on still 30 years later. You know, uh, one of the most popular morning shows in Ottawa. And Biggs and Barr. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I, I was trying to describe, like, I worked at a lot of radio stations before I worked with you. And I had, I worked with a lot of producers that did little radio station hokey shitty things but nobody ever did anything that sounded like this <laughs> it's just humble anyway uh, i don't know maybe this is boring for people but i love it well it's our show we can do whatever the hell we want it's nice war relief too yeah here's the um <laughs> here's a late night host uh, i think it's uh colbert Seth Myers, all of them, James Corden, all reacting to uh, Will Smith. It is Monday, unless you're Chris Rock, because I'm pretty sure he got slapped into next week. This was the Hollywood version of your drunk uncle starting a fight, ruining the wedding, and then standing up and giving a long toast. <laughs> America may be divided, but it was kind of nice for all of us to come together and say holy crap at the same time remember 24 hours ago when we thought timothy chalamet's sternum was the craziest thing we see all night if you haven't seen it i mean you have you have you've seen it yeah so there you go that's sort of a little roundup of what (laughs) that's why conan said i loved his tweet does anyone have a talk show i can borrow for one night yeah anyway so that it's, story, it's a, yeah. No, it's, um, you know, in, <clears throat> often in sports, stuff happens, and then other athletes are sort of reluctant to comment on what an athlete has done. Um, I'm surprised at how many have actually come right out, you know, against Will Smith. Yeah. And have, you know, have been, like, super critical of it. And I, again, that does happen in sports, but a lot of crazy things happen in sports and guys tend not to, you know, part of the brotherhood, not pass judgment on it. Mm-hmm. It's this one's been a lot different. That is an interesting point. A lot of times inside uh, a community, whether that community is, yeah. you know, CEOs or the superstars <clears throat> of the your favorite sport, which is why when you see something real. Or you hear an athlete criticize another athlete, yeah. it really stands out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what Judd Apatow was saying. You know, Hollywood's not really where you should be looking for your moral compass. You really shouldn't be like. But you know, celebrity holds a lot of sway. Back to what Carrie said, we're not the cool kids anymore. And I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I said that at the beginning of the pandemic that celebrityhood was going to be like when you're when you're dealing with life and death all the time. You know, some superstar in a movie, you know, so what? Yeah, it's uh, who would have thought a week ago that this would have actually even been a thing that that happened. Like, and again, the more you, that's what I say, the more I think about it and the more I watch it and see it, it's like, that was a huge, that was just a huge moment. Forget Hollywood, forget what, that was just like a huge moment on earth. Yeah. It just was. It's. 
was just so unbelievable. Like, you couldn't predict that just dicking around. Hold on a second. Dan, could you... you, I I can hear you breathing, and and your mic is... uh, Dan? Really? Yeah, yeah. Can you just turn it down a little bit? As soon as you came on, I could just hear, like, uh, you going... Sounded Um, like Dan was cranking it uh, in Shimon. Dan, Dan? Okay, yeah. Are you you cranking it down? Yeah. Yeah. Carry on, I'll... No, no, I I want... I just... Yeah, Yeah. just that I could... you're, You're... I don't know something Sorry. about your microphone that cuts through so much. Hmm. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's uh, that's why Carrie's point about the reason that Chris Rock may not have wanted to sue Will Smith is it's a big hassle, and then the story gets diluted. Then the story becomes about the yeah. lawsuit and blah blah blah. But one thing he said that I and I thought that that this will be as he says ubiquitous it'll be around forever this clip will be played over and over again and if i'm chris rock sure it's cool now and he can be you know the high road the bigger man whatever but a couple years from now that clip will still be playing and it will still be somewhat painful to watch but here's the difference. No matter where Chris Rock goes, the way it sits right now, people are going to want to hear from him. Yes. They're going to want to be around him. You know, they're, they're going to want to get his spin. Will Smith, on the other hand, now, that's nothing but negative. No matter where he goes. No he makes his next movie. The minute the movie starts, you're looking at his face. That's all you're going to think of. Mm-hmm. That's him now, whether he likes it or not. That's him. I'd much rather be in Chris Rock's. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, and and yeah, like the guy just won Best Oscar. You know, it's one of the top awards mm-hmm. that really should be the one of the crowning achievements in your Hollywood career. And ironically, not who knows if people are going to want to invest in a, a Will Smith movie because it's a company. It's an investment. You know, you put up hundreds of millions of dollars, you hope to get it back. And if people have soured on your star, the irony of winning the best Oscar is usually that leads to a whole bunch of other opportunities. And that's part of that slap. It's he robbed the Williams family of a great night. He robbed all the other winners of a focus for a few minutes. And, you know, here's another part of this tragedy. He was so good in that movie. Yeah, it is a great movie. He is. It's a great movie, and he did a fabulous job. Yeah. And before, early in the Oscars, when they showed a clip of it, and I was just, I just saw him, and I, it, it reminded me, man, he was good in that movie. What a great performance. All gone. All in the shitter. Yeah, and, and you know, he's been good in a lot of movies. He's also mm-hmm. had a couple of stinkers. But the last, you know, my last impression before the slap was that, you know, this is one of those roles he'll be associated with for the rest of his life. Unfortunately, yeah. the role he'll most be associated with is angry man slapping, <laughs> slapping uh, someone else. Dan, do you want to say something? I just wanted to say the other thing that uh, that uh, hasn't been talked about a whole lot is is his uh, his role as a role model in the last you know for for upcoming black actors and and all of that. Now that's you know. No, yeah, it's, so it takes away a lot of that. Kind of, yeah. um, I'm not sure what this is. This is so much of the stuff. I, 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 I have a whole Dropbox of stuff that Dan sent me that, you know, I'm not 100% sure what it is, but it's all from that time. Uh, Dan Duran, are you, uh, we're waiting for Tim Niblett. 
All right. I suppose what we could do is, you know, we'd have a little discussion now, and then when Tim pops on, we'll... Maybe, yeah. Go to Jim. Yeah, I'm trying to think of this. A man was referencing this thing that Jamie did. It was, the, it was a parody of the uh, Lion King, and we, we played it this morning, but I can't find it now. Well, anyway, you talk about uh, Sweet May Potts. Here's a... Uh, this is interesting. As you mentioned, listening to the Boom 97.3 for uh, May, mm-hmm. and of course our lineup in those days may follow to us. May follow to us for years, actually. Mm-hmm. Here's a little mm-hmm. bit of a May Potts Timer ticking rings, toaster popping and pinging, milk pouring, cereal expanding, coffee maker chugging, last bit of water through. Good morning. <laughs> Chippy. Welcome to the All Request Breakfast on CFNY 102.1. Listen to Dan Duran. How Back co- in the day. I'm going to play that again. Look, can I always just acknowledge how good Dan Duran is? Timer ticking rings, toaster popping and pinging, milk pouring, cereal expanding, coffee maker chugging, last bit of water through. Good morning. <laughs> Chippy. Welcome to the All Request Breakfast on CFNY 102.1. <laughs> again, think about how good everyone around us was. Dan, May, Jamie, Amin, all those people we mentioned, Danger Boy. You know, it's no wonder we were so wildly popular. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how could we not have been number one in 97 Mm -hmm. with that lineup? Right. And, and, you know, I I mentioned listening to her yesterday. I said that to Delise. Listening to her, I said, no wonder everyone loves this woman. It just jumps out of the radio. Just friendly and nice and sweet and energetic. She's something else, that kid, too kid I'd, yeah, I'd like to point something kid. out is mm-hmm. you, you've been talking about is is that don't forget the toronto market is like what number five in in north america or at least mm-hmm. canada u.s yeah no top so, three i think yeah top three yeah so i mean you're you're you have to really take into account that that all of us that sort of gathered we're you know don't forget this is we're we creamed up they were kind of the cream of the we crop creamed in, up in that time <laughs> <laughs> I know we what you're saying. The top is what we're yeah. saying. Hey, listening no to stuff. <laughs> yeah. And and a lot, all these people kind of were, were pursuing careers in the big media capital of Canada. Yes. And are nat- we're, we're magnetically attracted to this area. And and we uh, at, at CFNY were just uh, the benefactors of, of all that talent, just wanting to to get out there. And no, I know. Man, a lot of it a lot of it filtered through that station. That's for sure. You make a great point. Unfortunately, it was overshadowed by the fact that you th- said we all creamed up. So I mean, that's <laughs> that's a beautiful yeah, goddamn thing. Listening to this stuff, we've been doing that all morning. <laughs> Dan, Dan, why don't you take a creamed up break while we talk to uh, this uh, angel? Dan Duran will be back with the uh, humble and Fred news here in a second or two. Uh, and now, please welcome uh, to our program someone we look forward to uh, speaking with, uh, conversing around the topic of uh, financial security. He is, of course, the retirement Sherpa, Tim.Nibblet or RaymondJames.ca. Retirement Sherpa, by the way. You can get to his website, RetirementSherpa.ca. Timothy Nibblet, how, uh, how are things with you? Good morning, everybody. We're doing uh, doing fine. No big uh, expense universal this week, as you know, so that's a good thing. Going to need you okay. to turn your mic on there, bud. Well, it is on, but uh, how about now? No. Awesome. You're speaking distant through your computer, it sounds like. But one day I don't check it. Again, down left-hand side in between that little thing. 
Anyway, yeah. What Dan, uh, what you guys say. It was fun times. Not that this isn't fun times. This is fun times, different fun times. But those were such great fun times. Yeah. And we should be all good now. How about now? Uh, closer, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. No, they. It, it, we had a, just a, I say that I said it a couple times, sort of this confluence, this perfect storm of people that all came together at a time. And, you know, yeah, we had a, a good little show, but all the sound around us was so unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tim, I, I don't really, I can't remember. I know you worked out West. You were in Saskatoon. We're both Western kids. But how, did you ever hear us when we were Humble and Fred back when, you know, we were fairly popular? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I must admit I was a little more of a Brother Jake at Q107 guy. But, oh, uh, really? I know. It's one of my character flaws. I'm sorry about that. No, he's well, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, exactly. We he's, understand. He's a <laughs> superstar. One bit. But if I could have listened to two at a time, you know that would have happened yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, we've been talking a little bit about, uh, well, we've talked a lot over the years, but lately, of course, it's always the subject about getting ready for tax time. And, you know, we've got about a month to go. And, and I know the best time to plan for tax time is you know, a year ago, but is it, is there some stuff we can talk about today? Maybe not tax wise, but some, you know, some things about, you know, our group plans and things that happen at work that can make, you know, investing easier. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I, I mean, companies don't have what, what are called DB pensions much anymore. The owners of the world do and, mm-hmm. and all, but uh, more of them are a DC defined contribution or just a, an RSP a type of thing. And so many companies do have plans you can contribute to, get some matching from them. And, and not everybody takes advantage of it. That's free money. You definitely want to take advantage of it. No, I know. We have to. It's funny at CFNY, you know, I, Howard was never an employee, but I was, and I always took part in those things. And I used to have these conversations with all the people around me. Have you bought into the plan? Well, no, not yet. You know, you're not contributing the most because it's like, as you, it's like free money. It's like 50% on your money. Every dollar we put in, they would match. So how could you not be part of that on any level? As I used to say, even if it's 50 bucks a month, do it. Yeah, you just you just can't miss out on it, right? Uh, one thing to look for in that is sometimes you'll have a, a plan where you can buy your company stocks and get that a real too. good deal on that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you mentioned that with Chorus as an example, uh, you know. But back in the good old days, if you remember when BCE Bell Canada Enterprises Nortel and all were going up like crazy, uh, there were some people at a million dollars just in that company's stock. And it didn't turn out too pretty for those who didn't diversify and mm-hmm. and all. So whether it's something like that, whether it's within funds, within a plan, uh, again, a lot of times people just don't pay attention. They're, they're happy that it exists, but they don't uh, pay attention to it. And, and we always offer to just double check what they're doing. Well, that's where I was going to ask you about people. Are there a lot of people it says here, you have, how about an, an ignored plan at a former workplace? What does that mean? Like you just, you left something place you don't even realize you've got something in their in their mm. investments 
Right. Absolutely. Right. Uh, they probably kind of intuitively know that it's there, but uh, may or may not know how much is in there. Uh, may or may not know um, how it's invested, of course. Right. That people often don't pay attention when they are working somewhere. Uh, when they aren't, they probably definitely uh, don't. So that that's another thing for people to kind of clean up, make sure that they know where everything is and that it's uh, working for them. Uh, I, as Fred said, I uh, was never an employee of the the companies we worked for so i always invested on my own but i did have an actra rrsp and i think you and i we we took it out uh, we had we took it away from the actra rsp and, and put it in mm-hmm. your advisor's hands which is what you can do you can get it out of an, an old company and have someone like tim take over right absolutely and and often uh the the uh, past plans maybe don't have as many choices right as well uh, again we've been through a lot of turmoil in 2022 already uh there's differing opinions as to what's ahead of us of course but uh you know very important during times like this to make sure you're properly situated as well you know back with the uh chorus stock plan again you'd buy four they'd give you one that was like 25 percent in your money and i always kept mine because i thought well i'm a good employee and i used to like to tell people yeah i'm a chorus stockholder and then a good buddy of mine who's smarter than me when it comes to this stuff explained to me one day that was all wrong he said you take the chorus stock you cash it out and you buy blue chip stuff with it (laughs) he did (laughs) because the chorus thing would fluctuate and and at one point had like plummeted like 25 30 percent and uh that was his strategy so you got to be on top of this stuff is the point Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a tough call, right? It's a company you work for, and mm-hmm. in a lot of yeah. a lot of cases, you're a, a major factor in in that one. So it's kind of hard emotionally to mm-hmm. sell them. But you, you've got to look at absolutely. You know, is it worth holding on to if you didn't work there? Uh, and and what percentage is it of your overall portfolio? So yes, mm-hmm. it's not uncommon to do your little uh, buddies a uh, two step there. Uh, sure. I was going to say though, Tim, like yeah, we were a big part of that company, but I don't think Chorus stock plummeted after we left. You know, I have a feeling it was okay. Um, There's lots of discussions to be had and a lot of information each week when Tim comes on. I mean, the bottom line is, as we've said for a time uh, gone by now, for a long time, that uh, if you have somebody, that's great. You know, Tim, if you want to have Tim have a look at it, a lot of people have done that. Not everyone signs up, but some. It's always nice to have like a, a nice second opinion. Have Tim have a look. Tim nibble at RaymondJames dot ca, um, and uh, Tim would be happy to do that. Uh, in other news, though, what did you think about the fact that Tiger might be at Augusta next week? <laughs> Come on! Uh, it, does Bodog have odds on uh, that? Maybe you can put a little. Well, Freddie brought that. it up. Freddie brought it up during the Bodog uh, read today yeah. about uh, there. He's Tiger's there actually today uh, this week walking the uh, course to see if he can make it. Well, did I, I? I had heard that yesterday afternoon him and Charlie were out on the course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was out there walking. It, it, I, mm-hmm. I mean, Tiger's whole thing was I don't. I'm physically able to hit a golf ball, but he didn't know if his legs would support walking for six days. So I think what they're doing is they're just playing a couple rounds because it's very the terrain of that golf course is very challenging. It's a lot more uh, elevation changes than you see on TV. Yeah, he would never be interested. Is it, is there actually a golf cart exemption, or was that never allowed, or what was that? 
There was a guy that was an issue a couple of years ago. Many years ago, there was a a very competitive golfer named Casey Martin who had a a certain type of disease where the blood to his leg was restricted and he couldn't walk very well. Right. So he qualified for the PGA Tour, but under the Disabilities Act, applied for an exemption to use a cart during competition. But but it's very rare. A uh, little update about the guy. People who know his name, he, he eventually had to have that leg amputated. Mm-hmm. So Tiger is not going to qualify for the cart exemption at Augusta. He probably wouldn't want it anyway, even if if he could. I don't think so. Yeah, no. uh, Nibsy, how are, how's your golf game since we last talked to you? Are you still only playing with three clubs? <laughs> no, but I'm considering going back to it because I haven't had the same score since with all of... Uh, my bag there, but uh, anyhow, no, it, it's been all right. I I do try to remember that it's just a beautiful day with some great buds and lots of people would be happy to hit a lousy golf shot down here, right? No, exactly. Uh, Melissa, man, thanks for another update. Uh, uh, the retirement Sherpa, big part of our program, and we will uh, talk to you next week and hopefully see you, you know, once you get back up here. And maybe in year six, I'll know how to work a microphone. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't beat yourself up. It <laughs> yeah. It's not like you're on a real show. Thanks, my mm-hmm. friend. I really enjoyed your previous guest, too. That was awesome. Enjoying profit there, guys. Yeah, man. Okay, Take man, care. Thanks, Tim. It's Timmy Niblett. What a sweet man. That, uh, listen, uh, he is. So you did gigs, guy. Uh, but but, but you're, I think you're all up to date. No, I have uh, one other person or one other uh, company to talk about. Oh, you do? Yes, the chamber plan. Why don't you hold that? Uh, Because we don't like to do them too close. And I will do... Let's do this right now for a change of pace. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan the Anchorman comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dan Duran, the Anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And, and not just to keep going over Nostel But think about this After a men left that was Pete. So there's some Pete Cuno stuff. You know, that was like level. Like it was almost like it went from amazing to more amazing. You know, and, and uh, you know, now that we're just doing the show like this, we don't have quite the same production. For instance, here's something that we've done recently. This is, this is the level we're currently at. This is what qualifies for a bit now. That's the guy that told me to cash out my blue chip. (laughs) He's got certain skills. Yes. (laughs) All right, and now live from Lakeside with Humble and Fred News brought to you by Health Gage. We'll tell you more about Health Gage in a bit, but first, here's Dan Duran. In the news today, Will Smith, Will Smith, and Will Smith. Will, 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 but Chris Rock, however, Will Smith, Smith, Slap Smith. 
despite Trump. <laughs> That's very good, Danny. <laughs> despite Trump, Trump still stays in the news. So here's your Trumpian update. So first, there's this uh, revelation now that from January 6th, uh, the investigators are now uh, checking out a big hole in the call logs from the White House on the day of the insurrection. As if Trump did not make any phone calls. He's addicted to yeah. a phone on January 6th from 1117 a.m. to 645 p.m. There was a lot going on during that period. Yeah, of time. Quite a bit. So he apparently uh, did not use a burner phone. The House panel is uh, investigating whether Trump communicated that day through back channels, phones of aides or personal disposable phones known as burner phones. And uh, unbelievably, Trump's response is, what's a burner phone anyways? I have no idea what a burner phone is. To the best of my knowledge, I have never seen or even mm-hmm. heard the term. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, there's, uh, we have a, a Trump clip. Fred and I referenced, uh, you brought it up, but I told you I already had the clip. So what is the uh, context here now, Freddie? Oh, um, he was on an, uh, on a show earlier this week and said that, uh, Vladimir Putin should release information on Joe Biden and his family. <laughs> That's right. They have. That's this right. is during a war where this butcher guy is massacring children, people people i mean you know t- good timing donald yeah. it, 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 and again you're sitting president who's in the middle of this this is a time for support and this is what trump does here's trump yes and one thing while i'm on your show as long as putin now is not exactly a fan of our country let him explain where did because chris wallace wouldn't let me ask the question why did the mayor of moscow's wife Give the Bidens, both of them, three and a half million dollars. So that's a lot of money. She gave him three and a half million dollars. So now I would think Putin would know the answer to that. I think he should release it. I think we should know that answer. Yeah, like this conspiracy theory, which, of course, no one knows if it's really true. But in in Donald Trump's mind, and that's a good point, Fred, that now in this in the middle of this unprecedented on, on the brink of world war three these fucking idiots are still and they're doing it on fox where's hunter biden's laptop mm-hmm. but, but but the former president thinks that putin should take time away from massacring ukrainians mm-hmm. to talk about this it's really quite something we're seeing <laughs> it's to really smear his sitting president right um here another thing within that howard very interesting See the way he references Chris Wallace now? He is the big, he's the big evil demon now. You know why? Because Chris Wallace left Fox News. Yeah. And, you know what Fo- and you know what Chris Wallace did this week? He opened up about why he left. And the reason he left, he couldn't be part of that environment anymore. Yeah. Because it had so drifted so out of hand as far as misinformation and um, misinformation and just being downright evil, that network. He couldn't be part of it anymore. The way they were going after people with, uh, yeah. well, the method it, it was did. it the was me- Tucker Carlson's uh, whatever documentary about yeah. the January sixth uh, insurrection that he just couldn't take the lies anymore, and that was pretty much the tipping point. Yeah, for him. yeah, exactly. He couldn't take the lies anymore. So now that's the thing on Fox, and obviously, Sean Hannity's been in contact with Trump whenever you can. Smear right? Chris Wallace, yeah. Smear Chris, discredit Chris Wallace now. Who was the guy, the only guy in that network for imbeciles that had any integrity? 
So you think about what Dan's talking about, everyone. A seven and a half hour gap. And by the way, I was just looking at some documents where Trump on on uh, uh, record mentions burner phone. So it's just full. It's so fucking full of shit. But there's a seven and a half hour gap in the presidential phone log. So as Dan said, there was quite a few things going on between 11 in the morning and 7 in, at night during January 6. And yet, the, the people that are invested in keeping this quiet, McCarthy and McConnell, you know, did you, speaking of McConnell, did you hear that, what he said about, you know, after listening to a little testimony, I will not be able to vote mm-hmm. in order mm-hmm. to confirm this woman for the Supreme Court. Meanwhile, three other times he did. Three other times Mitch McConnell uh, confirmed this woman as a district judge, uh, circuit judge, etc. So that whole, well, I guess my point is, that whole group are so dedicated to not, as you've said before, they're not interested in supporting their country anymore. Yeah, they're just interested in supporting their ideology. And that is, I'm going to say this, for the difference between conservatives and liberals and Democrats and, and Republicans is that you can say what you want about liberal politics in this country, but for the most part, conservatives, in this case Republicans, are really interested in forwarding the ideology that keeps them in power. I know the liberals do too. But not like this. Yeah, listen, all, you know, we all got to hold our breath. We've just got to see over the next few months, and maybe not even this November, but it always tends to flip midterms, is how many people are in the middle. You know, we hear, you know, there are people who love Fox News, but there's a lot of Republicans or conservatives that, you know, they know, those people in the middle, they know how whacked out it is, and how is that going to manifest in a... In a in a polling booth. 2024 is the big one, because if that fucking imbecile becomes president again, I don't like, like I'll tell you. Well, he's not going to. I, I now have, I've read some stuff yesterday. There's too many people like DeSantis and Ted Cruz, and those guys are not going to go along. They support among Republican voters now that identify as Trumpers has, has declined. And by the time, though, the primary season comes along. Those guys are not going to, they're not going to be the whipping boys for Trump that they were in 2015. Yeah. You know, the complexity of this too is, and we all know what Trump is, but the, the country now, they have a huge problem now, right now too with Joe Biden. He's not up to the job. Like you can see that. I mean, let's just be honest. It's, mm-hmm. There's there's something going on there, and I think the saving grace with that is what we're what a year and a half into the thing. There's just two and a half to go, or whatever, until like there's no way he's running again. So they better start working, polishing up their their next star because that's what they're going to need. Yeah, 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 maybe, but I I mean Biden has been uh, sort of on the record from what I read recently that if he's healthy enough, and I don't think I've told you I don't think he's the guy for the job. I think Mm. that, but the real race isn't going to be between whomever against the Democrats. It's going to be inside the Republican Party. That's going to be the race. Like, who gets the nomination? Right. You know, the the, the whole strategic thing's gone out of the window, too, because 
the way they, they they know right now with a with Biden as president as a Democrat, if you know if the House and uh, 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 the Senate or yeah, if they'll go if they go Republican, they know the government's going to be ground to a halt again. Nothing will ever get done. You just got to hope those people in the middle, whoever they are, go. You know what? I got to vote strategically because we got to get some things done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I. I you know, those people are going to vote Republican just because they want to keep the brown man down and they love those racist uh, dog whistles, those fucking idiots in their trucks in Panama City Beach, Florida. We know they're a lost cause. But will those people in the middle go, you know what, for the benefit of the country, we've got, we need some, we we got to get some things done. Yeah. That might be a pipe dream, but. What do you think, Dan? What do you think? I think there is a. I don't know. I, I, there's so much money in the Trump ward chest that uh, I, I'm kind of wondering whether or not Trump may take a run at it or he just, you know, uses that money for himself. I, it depends a lot, I think, in the next short while about what happens legally to him. That could could short circuit all that. But it, I'm giving uh, up on that. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so vile, though. I will say it, the January 6th committee knows that they are running out of time. They are because as soon as the midterms come. That thing's gonna just gonna be shuttled or shuttered or whatever. But mm-hmm. so that I, I think you know again I hope like you do like something comes up that sticks them the burner phones the documents all this stuff. What more? What more does the average citizen need than, than what they saw on television? You know what I mean? I know. But uh, they're willing to turn a, a blind eye to it with you know just cold ignorant partisan reasons and again it gets you're not a patriot you don't care about your country if that's the way you think it's sickening but even look at the other thing this whole thing about hunter biden and his his uh, laptop it's like okay let's have an answer on that a definitive answer like why is it these people, no matter who you are, get to fly under the radar or above the crowd? I, sure. And, and I agree, too. Right? Let's, if there's something there, let's find out. But you know what people are like? It's like, I don't know. Is, like, is it too complicated? It was, but back to the idea of seeing something on, you saw it live on January 6th. We all watched it, but then we were told it really wasn't what we saw, which kind of was sort of full circle with Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. You know, after all the things we've said on this show, let me also argue against what we've said by saying, you know what? People's memories are funny. They will forget this. Time will go by and Will Smith will have a new movie. It will barely get mentioned. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But most people will go, I like Will Smith. Uh, and some people think he deserved to uh, slap Chris Rock. Listen, I mentioned Tiger Woods yesterday. It blew me away, the people, and I know some that, you know, because they love Tiger so much. Listen, if a guy did that, you know, broke up his family, was whoring around with all these girls, and he wasn't a celebrity, it'd be, oh, what a piece of shit that guy is. But for whatever reason. Well, I mean, we've said this before dozens of times, but if you're able to somehow manipulate a ball or pucks or you know <laughs> somehow you're you know i was thinking about this i know you mentioned billy eilish and i don't really know their music her and her brother i know they're very talented but i heard a clip just turned on stern sometime in the last week maybe when he was off for a couple of weeks and there was a clip of billy eilish talking about something to do with the social situation culturally and i'm like 
Shut the fuck up. No, no, I agree. No offense, Billie Eilish, but you're what the fuck would you even know? Really, like, I'm, I'm sorry. Why? And Stern's listening to her like she really is right. And, and he's talking about how astute she is. And I'm thinking to myself, what? Because she has a she can rhyme a couple of makes a song. We have to give her some kind of respect. I, no, I, I just I think as I've gotten older, I'm like, why? Well, because she's got a hit. She's got a voice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So what she says now matters because she has a couple of hits. I know. It's sickening. It's sickening. You know, there's a thing in sport ra- sports right now. I think he played for the Texas uh, Houston Texans, Deshaun Wilson, uh, um, a quarterback. They didn't want him anymore because a long list of domestic if- uh, uh, abuse, like, like vi- physical violence against women. But Cleveland needed a quarterback, so they traded for him. And again, all the excuses, oh, he's better now, and he, you know, he knows the errors of his way. And again, if he wasn't a quarterback with some talent, he would just be a piece of shit on the pile over there. Yeah. Because he can throw a fucking football. To the credit, you know, the Cleveland Browns have had a couple of thousand people so far reject their season tickets. They, they're not renewing because of this. And good for them. It's just a great example of a guy that... He's just a, like he's useless as a human being, but he can throw a football. So the Cleveland Browns are thinking all the ways they can position this <laughs> yeah. by this acquisition. You know, for a long time in sports reporting in particular, and this is before your TSN days, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> for a long time in sports reporting, it was sort of understood you really didn't Tell you tell your audience, the newspaper, radio, TV, what the athletes were really like. No one knew. And Fred and I have mentioned this a couple times that, you know, when we grew up, no one ever talked about money. And then one day they did, and that's all anyone talked about. But what happened was there was almost a, what do you call it, a gentleman's agreement or whatever. You just didn't really say. Same with, by the way, political reporting. You didn't really, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on with JFK. All those reporters knew he was fucking around. But you'd never... Decorum was different. And then... But then you go back and find out what those athletes were like. You know, Gretzky and then before that, the the guys in the 60s and 70s. There was all kinds of shit going on. You know, there's stories about... There was a series on uh, a golf series called Shell's Wonderful World of Golf. And it featured Arnold Palmer, Nicholas, Gary Player and a host of famous golfers at the time going around the world playing on all these uh, exotic uh, locations and courses. But the stories about them apparently are legendary. <laughs> but think about it. They were the most famous athletes in their sports, and they're all in their you know late 20s, maybe 30, and they're flying off to you know, Costa Rica to play a match. You don't think they're fucking around, you know? But no one ever talked about it. I'm not that. saying they did. I'm just saying allegedly. Oh, listen, I, again, back in the 80s, I remember hearing stories about certain Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, and I wouldn't say it now because I don't know if they're true. But they probably were true. But again, it was before the Internet. And it was when the reporters were buddies with these guys and they knew what was going on and didn't talk about it. But have you seen this story? <laughs> This uh, kid, uh, Representative uh, Madison Cawthorn, yes, a Republican, oh, yeah. I think from Illinois, has come out and said, he's 26 years old, he claims that some of his colleagues, widespread, 
other GOP members in Washington have invited him to orgies and to use cocaine. He says the culture within Washington is just crazy. The very same people that are advocating, you know, drug laws and this law and that law are, you know, fucking each other's wives and snorting cocaine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyone surprised? And it, yeah. And now everybody wants to have a talk with this kid, like, shut your mouth, right? Can you imagine some, walking in a room and somebody's blowing uh, fucking Mitch McConnell? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't Think know, of Mitch. that image. <laughs> Mitch McConnell. Marjorie Taylor Greene sucking Mitch McConnell while yeah, exactly. Lauren Boebert's got a strap on and she's fucking uh, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> yeah. That's the image I'm going to take with me for the rest of the day. But I look at that story and I think this guy is an up-and-comer at 26. What, what's in it for him to, to, to say that other than it's the truth? Because it ain't going to get him... It won't help him ascend in the, in the yeah. Republican Party, right? But he's he's one of those firebrand guys, though, right? So he's just. So what's his motive? I, I don't get what his end game would be. Other well, than I, same thing with Bobert and Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, what's their end game? They just want to get yeah, attention. I I um, yeah, before it we sure forget, does get, it does sure does conjure up some horrible images. Well, and it also gets they it, it what Dan just said. It's all about you know garnering attention to get more lobbyists uh-huh. to give you more money. To amass millions of dollars. That's what it's all about. And, you know, again, it has nothing to do with this is why my idea of term limits, people. Come on. Yeah. Like, well, in, in, in Washington, sperm limits. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's my boy right there. Let me tell you about uh, Health Cage. You know, a lot of people are interested in keeping track of their day to day. You know, uh, health images, uh, health um, information, I should say. Whether it's your heart rate, calories burned, blood blood pressure, oxygen saturation, which was huge during the pandemic, you know, era, pulse wave velocity, so much more. The data health, uh, the data captured by HealthGate sensors, uh, you get to keep it on your phone, and of course, you can share it with your healthcare professionals. HealthGage.com is where you go. HealthGage.com and get Humble Fred HG for a fifteen percent checkout, a fifteen percent discount at checkout. And so, check it out. Humble Fred HG gets you fifteen percent off the Phoenix at HealthGage.com. Friedrich. Well, you heard it on the show yesterday. Shandy McLean was a guest of Brett Tanner, uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Again, they opened the door. How much more is available through this wonderful plan for small business? Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. They talk about HR opportunities, mental health uh, support. It really is remarkable. If you have a small business and you're thinking about a benefits package for your people, your valuable people, go to chamberplan.ca today and get a free quote. Uh, They've done a great job of keeping premiums down. There's all sorts of testimonials there, by the way, Uh, small businesses and how the chamber plan has worked for them. Take the time today. It really is a great thing for small business, chamberplan.ca. All right. Well, that's, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of show. There's a lot of audio on the show today. And um, I, I just looked over. I, I realized I'm looking at the time thinking, oh, it's a short show today. But it's not because we lost the first uh, eight to ten minutes. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to go and try and 
as soon as the show's over, try and figure out how to get that audio onto this uh, device here. You have any ideas? Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Stick around. Yeah, Stick around. Yeah. Stick around. Stick around. I think it's vital that we have that. Yeah, it's good. If possible. Yeah, we're going to do their do the best thing we can. By by the way, the Foo Fighters have canceled obviously the rest of their tour and for the foreseeable future, even all the summer dates in Canada have been canceled. Horrible, horrible sense. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wonder, yeah, Dave Grohl, I mean obviously they don't I shouldn't say they don't need to go on, but I think at some point Dave Grohl being the musician and fan of music. I mean, listening to him on Smartless uh, last fall, I remember listening to that episode, and you just get the impression, and it wasn't a great episode, but you get the impression from Dave Grohl that he just loves doing this. I mean, he was talking about jamming with different bands, and uh-huh. so at some point, there'll be another drummer in there, and the Foo Fighters will go on, I guess. Yep. And one thing we didn't mention either, for those of you who still on some level think the Dum Dum uh, rally or the Freedom rally or the trucker thing in Ottawa was valid on some level. That Randy Randy Hillier guy arrested, eh? Nine counts of whatever. Nine counts of being an asshole. Wait, uh, isn't he a senator? <laughs> no, he's a... Uh, He's an independent. He was a conservative MP and then became independent when they threw him out of the caucus. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But again, he's another guy that's often retweeted by, you know, the usual suspects. Like he actually has a. But it. And and again, it's just another indication, you know, the cops, the RCMP, whoever's involved, you know, they know what was going on in Ottawa. And uh, it's funny. So many want to overlook it. A lot like January 6th. They want to overlook it for political reasons. Well, and what about the people that elect Randy Hillier? What are they saying about this? Where, who are those people? Well, he's not going to run again. But that's one of the weird things. Eh? You elect a guy, you know, when you've, you know, sometimes MPs or MPPs are elected and then they switch uh, parties halfway yes. through their, which sucks because when you vote for them, you vote for them. Maybe for a you know because of their political stripe. Yeah. But Randy Hillier was such an asshole that he was thrown out and became an independent. I don't know if he if he was ever reelected as an independent. I would hope not. But I told you I, I I'll go find the. I sent him a message. I tried to get a hold of him a couple of times. I called and I sent him messages. Yeah. And of course, nice man. Yeah. Like he would, he's just a, he's just a flat out racist piece of yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, for somehow, uh, yeah, I mean, didn't people not know that when they were first putting his name or checking a box beside his name? I don't name? know. No, I don't know. Um, let's uh, finish off with a, a couple more uh, fun little things. Everyone will feel good. Stupid, gawky, freakish, but Listen to Come on. How is that how is that show not more popular? <laughs> Jesus. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember to listen tomorrow for more graphic orgy imaginations of politicians on politicians. Tell your friends, like and subscribe. <laughs>